Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 281 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about social media, and specifically the impact that social media is having on investors today. And I really want to dive into exactly how social media is impacting young investors, how young investors are going about making their investment decisions and getting investment ideas from social media, and then whether or not this should be the way that we actually go about getting our investment ideas and making investment decisions. Because social media is something so new uh, relative to the grand scope of investing, uh, I wonder if we're using it effectively, and I wonder if young investors are able to make uh, some adequate returns and do some good prudent investing over the long term just by listening to what they may hear on social media. So stick around for all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions, and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals, and then ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day basis. Now, you guys know that I like to find surveys uh, that are interesting. I like to find financial surveys that uh, are really interesting and may provide us with some insight as to exactly how people are uh, investing or dealing with their finances at a given time. Well, CNBC had a survey recently, uh, and it was basically about social media use and how people were investing, how young people specifically were investing, okay? So what they find is for young people, social media rules. In fact, the most popular way that they're researching investment ideas is social media, and that's according to the CNBC Momentum Invest in You survey, okay? 35% of 18 to 34 year olds said that they use social media to look into possible investments, while 25% cited conversations with family and friends, and 24% said financial guidance or investment websites were how they were getting their investment ideas. Only 7% said that they gather research through direct discussions with a broker or financial advisor. So you see that social media is really uh, the driver of investment ideas in our uh, you know society today. And then you know obviously with the second place being you know, family and friends. Well, where do you think family and friends might be getting their ideas? And then, uh, you know, investment websites. Well, some investment websites are going to be inextricably tied uh, to the things that you see on social media as well. Okay. So uh, our ability to do our own research or actually work with professionals uh, to get investment ideas uh, is still possible, but it's something that we're not taking advantage of. We're not taking advantage of uh, the financial advisor or the broker uh, or the investment advisor or uh, just individuals that actually have some professional training or we're not doing the research ourselves. We're actually uh, relying on uh, these outside sources and specifically the sources that are most available to us. And I think that is what's really interesting is that uh, you have to think social media is probably the most available way that you can uh, you know communicate with anyone at this point in time when it comes to uh, the scope of history social media you have more access to more people more 
often than you ever have before. Okay. And so trying to get your investment ideas there is, you know, no surprise because you have access to so many people with so many different ideas. Okay. And then obviously it's always been that family and friends really impact the way that you deal with your finances. They impact the way that you invest. They impact the way uh, that you go about your financial life. Right. And then investment websites. So it's showing that, uh, you know, the internet is still a very large part of our financial lives. Okay. But What's also shown here is that 18 to 34 year olds, uh, they aren't so uh, privy to financial professionals. Okay, only 7% are getting uh, their research or getting their uh, ideas from financial professionals, which may actually be problematic. Okay, so within this survey, okay, uh, the share of survey respondents who say they use social media to research investment ideas was 35%. Uh, that was age uh, 18 to 35, 35 to 64. Uh, it was only 15% of individuals and then 65 and up only 4% of individuals. So this is obviously a generational difference, right? This is a, a big difference from those who came before us. It's a big difference from our parents and our grandparents, right? We have access to different information. Not only do we have access to different information, we might have access to better information and we might have access to worse information, right? More information does not always mean better information, uh, and some may argue that, well, the more information you have, the more you can price into something and the more, uh, you know, perfect a price can be, the more perfect uh, the pricing of a particular asset can be. But uh, when you look at social media, social media is very tied to what you're interested in, right? Uh, you're not seeing everything on social media. Okay, you're seeing stuff that uh, you like or things that you share or people that you like or people that you share or uh, you know ideas that align with uh, what you're tweeting or what you're posting or whatever. Right, You're seeing a lot of stuff like that. You're not seeing a bunch of stuff that's just off the wall different from the stuff that you are uh, particularly interested in. That's just not typically the case. Typically, uh, you're seeing a lot of confirmation bias type stuff. Okay, which can be problematic. Okay, so getting more information there may be problematic because uh, you have so much information coming in that uh, is maybe not correct information. It just may be information that confirms the bias that you already have, which can be an issue. Okay, now, furthermore, in this survey, Okay, financial experts warn uh, that if you're going to get advice from TikTok, Instagram, or another platform, you need to do additional homework. Okay, and this is no surprise. I've told you guys many, many times, you need to do your own homework. You don't need to rely on even a financial advisor or a broker to make your uh, investment decisions for you. You need to make your own investment decisions. You need to do the homework. You need to learn how to do the homework. Okay, now professionals, they can be vetted. Okay, but people on social media absolutely are not vetted uh, via background checks or, uh, you know, via, you know, the customers that they've had, the clients that they've had in the past, right? It's harder to discern the motivation of somebody uh, making stock recommendations online. It's very, very difficult uh, to determine if they're trying to, you know, just make money off of you or if they have a good opinion in the first place uh, or if they're just an idiot, okay, which could be very possible. All right. Uh, Co-founder and managing director of Irvine, California-based Sun Group Wealth Partners, Winnie Sun, said on social media, everybody can jump in regardless of who they are, what their background is, and what their experiences are. 
which again can be a problem. Okay, a lot of information, a lot of different voices saying uh, different things, but uh, you can get a lot of individuals that don't know what the heck they're talking about. And if you uh, trust them, if you think that they know what they're talking about, even though uh, they may not, even though they may just be persuasive in their argument, uh, then that can be a big problem. Now, here's how you can navigate. Uh, all of these recommendations that you may be getting uh, when it comes to your investing life. Financial advisors are trained on money matters, and many have a social media presence as well. According to a 2020 survey by Putnam Investments, 36% of advisor respondents had hosted or participated in a LinkedIn live session, for instance. Okay, Vet those you follow. You need to know uh, that even if you follow somebody who is a broker or who is a financial advisor, right? you need to know what they're up to. You need to to talk to some of their clients. You need to uh, be able to realize if they're just blowing smoke or they're actually giving you good financial advice. And ultimately, the more time you spend on social media, the more you need to tread carefully. Okay, because again, you can get a lot of confirmation bias. You can get a lot of confirming uh, ideas and confirming uh, thoughts that are going to make you uh, really narrow your ideas down into one place, right? Uh, for instance, if you know, you're reading a lot of things about, uh, let's say, Apple stock, right? And let's say you like some tweets about uh, Apple stock and a price target and whatever, right? And then you start seeing more tweets about Apple stock and you start seeing, uh, you know, more, you know, buy recommendations for Apple stock. And then you go on your other social media platforms that may be linked uh, and you may get some more positive stuff about Apple stock. Again, this isn't going to be 100% true 100% of the time, right? But social media has been shown to confirm your biases, okay? So you need to tread carefully and make sure that you do your own homework, okay? People can give out financial advice, sure, okay? But they should not be uh, recommending specific investments on social media. And even if they are, uh, then you need to make sure that you are doing your own homework and not just taking any you know willy-nilly recommendations that are given out there, Okay. We have to realize that investment recommendations should be made specifically for the individual. If a financial advisor or a broker is going to make uh, a you know determination of, okay, this is a good investment product or a good investment vehicle for an individual, right? then it needs to be on a case-by-case -case basis because nothing can be uh, just painted with broad strokes, okay? If you're gathering your investment advice on social media, there's a good chance that the person that you're getting advice from isn't regulated or isn't licensed or anything like that, right? It could just be someone out there sharing an opinion, but you have to take that with a grain of salt, okay? That, that's what you really have to understand. And I know I'm somebody out here who is giving you my thoughts on your personal finances and my thoughts on investing. And I'm not uh, telling you to invest in any specific thing. I'm not giving you any specific investment advice because that's not my place. That's not what I should be doing because I understand uh, that everybody's situation is different. Okay, I understand that everybody's life is different. Everybody's uh, investment needs are different. Okay, but what I am trying to help you with, what I am trying to help you to understand is that via my thoughts and opinions, you can get your financial life in order, okay? So you have to be able to disconnect uh, all the crap from all of the stuff that's actually going to help you. Now, there's nothing wrong with seeing something on social media and that sparking an idea. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? You can get excited about an investment or a financial tip that you hear on social media. I hope that my financial tips and my financial tricks help you uh, every single day with what you're seeing on social media. I hope that's the case, okay? But you have to supplement it with your own research. You have to make sure that you understand what 
the person is saying or what uh, is being recommended before you actually go and do things on your own. Because don't get me wrong, I have seen stuff on social media and I'm in that 18 to 34 age range, right? I've seen stuff on social media that's made me think. People who have actually, um, you know, had more experience than me and understand things a little better than me. But once I hear those things, I immediately go to doing my own research. I immediately go to looking up uh, the specific things that they're talking about and seeing if those are actually good options for me. Because they could be. They could be great options for you, okay? But they could also be extremely detrimental to your financial life if done haphazardly, okay? You should consult established, reputable, and trusted resources before you make any financial decisions, okay? Uh, and when I say established, reputable, and trusted resources, this could be an investment advisor representative. This could be a financial advisor, a CFP. Uh, this could be uh, something like a company's financial statements, right? Those are reputable, trusted resources, right? That is you doing your own homework, okay? You don't have to just, uh, you know, talk to one individual. You don't have to talk to somebody who, uh, you know, is an advisor. If you don't use an advisor, that's perfectly fine, but you have to make sure that you do your own homework and understand what's going on. And if you don't, then you shouldn't just make a decision uh, based on somebody else's opinion because that can leave you uh, in the doghouse. You have to think, right, that by the time, even if it's somebody who uh, is totally relevant, okay, by the time you get their uh, opinion, don't you think they've already traded on their opinion if it's an investment idea, right? Don't you think that by the time, uh, let's say, you know, you're watching CNBC, by the time you hear Jim Cramer talk about something or Josh Brown talk about something or anybody else talk about something on CNBC, by the time you hear that, don't you think that they've already made the trades commensurate with their opinions? Don't you think that they've already gotten in front of this particular idea or this particular trade, right? So any potential gains, even if they are right, uh, may not be quite what you're looking for because uh, you are on the back end of the idea. You haven't done the homework. You're just listening to what they say and then acting on that, okay? Then when you look at just researching investment ideas based on this survey, so they take the share of survey respondents who say that they use any of the uh, you know different resources that they have to research investment ideas, okay? And here's what they find. All right. Investors who began in 2019 and earlier. Okay. So this is a, a very fine line that they're drawing. They're drawing this line because a lot of young investors began investing uh, once the pandemic hit, right? They got stimulus checks. They invested those stimulus checks. Okay. So investors who began in 2019 and earlier, okay, they use financial guidance or investment websites. 38% of them did. Okay. Conversations with family and friends, 29%. Direct discussions with their broker or financial advisor, 29%. Publications from their brokerage, financial advisor, or investing platform, 25%. News websites, 23%. And social media, 15%. Now, take note of those numbers and then check this out. Financial guidance or investment websites being used by investors who began in 2020 or later, 26% versus the 38 for those who began earlier, okay? So less uh, for investment websites or other financial guidance. Then conversations with family and friends, that's pretty close, okay? So 27% for those who began in 2020 and later compared to 29% for everyone else, okay? Direct discussions with brokers or financial advisors, 9% versus the 29% of those who began earlier. Okay, so that's a big disparity. These young individuals or individuals who began investing recently aren't talking to financial advisors or aren't talking to brokers about their money. 
And then publications from their brokerage, financial advisor, or investing platform, 13% for those who began in 2020 and later, and 25% for everyone else. Okay, so again, not relying on brokerages, financial advisors, or anything like that. Then news websites, 17% for those who began in 2020 and later, and 23% uh, for those who began 2019 and earlier. So not a huge disparity there. But then you look at social media, okay, social media. 35% of individuals who began investing in 2020 and later use social media for investment ideas, and only 15% of those who began in 2019 and earlier use social media for investment ideas. This is a huge disparity, okay? This is the biggest disparity of all of these different uh, medium of, uh, you know, investment ideas that you could actually get. And it's very, very interesting to consider that this new era of investors are using social media so much. There's no surprise that we've had uh, the meme stock crazes. There's no surprise that we've had a bunch of speculation in cryptocurrency. There's no surprise that individuals like Elon Musk can tweet out stuff about Dogecoin or uh, you know any type of cryptocurrency or even uh, his own stock via you know Tesla stock and get such the huge reaction that he does because so many people are looking at social media and trying to find uh, any investment edge that they can via social media because they see that as the primary way to communicate. Now, it also helps to consult a financial professional about your ideas. Obviously, uh, this can be the case, okay? These individuals who started before 2019 uh, or in 2019, uh, 29% of them have direct discussions with their broker or financial advisor, and only 9% of individuals who began in 2020 or later do, okay? So uh, this is telling me that the traditional investor is uh, looking to an advisor to help all else equal, right? But uh, the newer investors are like, I'll just do it on my own. And there's nothing wrong with doing it on your own. But if you're doing it on your own and relying heavily on social media, uh, something is telling me that there is not a whole lot of good uh, homework and research being done, but a bunch of individuals trying to buy things just so they'll go up in price over the short term and not actually trying to find some long-term intrinsic value. So then the question becomes, if I don't think that social media is the primary place that you should be getting uh, research ideas for you know, some uh, company or some investment or whatever. Where should you get your investment ideas from? Okay, Where should you look uh, to get investment recommendations? Okay, Well, the first place that you need to, to establish some investments, the first place that you need to make sure that you understand this particular type of investments and be putting money away is low-cost index funds and mutual funds, or low-cost ETFs, okay? Before you dabble in individual securities, some sage advice is to make your first investment in a low-cost index fund. Now, why? Because there's never been a more powerful growth engine than the U.S. economy. So giving yourself exposure to the broad range of companies across a variety of industries is a good first step in establishing any portfolio. Index funds can save you time, reduce headaches, and help you to anchor your portfolio for long-term success. So before we start looking for individual ideas via social media, or we look for things that are extremely risky and we're trying to make high returns or whatever, we need to establish some traditional investment um, you know, foundation. And that traditional foundation can be found via index funds. Those who want exposure to a particular theme can invest in ETFs and mutual funds structured around specific sectors uh, and even subsectors of the economy. Okay, so you can invest in other sectors, but overall, right, if you just have some broad exposure to the market and you're pouring money into that broad exposure to the market over time, uh, then there's nothing wrong with taking other money uh, over on the side and using that to invest in individual stocks or securities if you have uh, the 
right frame of mind for that. And I've talked about that many times before, right? We don't all need to be buying individual stocks. We don't all need to be buying individual securities. Many of us need to just buy index funds and never look back, okay? But it's kind of the whole Jim Cramer idea, right? If you don't know who Jim Cramer is, he's uh, you know one of the uh, individuals on CNBC and uh, used to be a hedge fund manager uh, and now uh, runs ActionAlerts.com and all those different things, right? Uh, but Jim Cramer has a book and a show that talks about mad money, okay? His show is called Mad Money. And this idea is that you're putting money away into an index fund. Maybe you're investing in your 401k or your IRA or whatever, right? But then you have some mad money or some money that you uh, not just go mad with. This may still be money that you are willing uh, to, you know, uh, invest in a conservative manner. It may still be money that you're willing to, uh, you know, take and, um, you know, try to find some things that are just going to go up conservatively in value over time, right? This is not money we're just willing to lose. Okay. But you take this mad money and you invest it in uh, things that you think are going to go up in value over time more than the market itself. And you're investing in individual securities. But the first thing that you have to do, and he says this all the time, he, he says the first $10,000 that you have, I would say at least that, right? You need Need to make sure that that first however much is going into uh, an index fund or a low-cost mutual fund or ETF or whatever. That way you know that regardless of what you do with the rest of your money, right, that you are contributing to something that is going to continue going up in value over time based on historical values. And then something else we need to do when it comes to uh, our research ideas or our investment ideas is we have to read and read and read. And the thing is, is that most people don't like reading, especially in this world uh, of instant gratification and uh, getting information quickly or just reading a headline and sharing something on social media. People don't like to read. There's a reason that some of the best investors in history have been voracious readers. Okay, Consuming content, whether it's educational, news-oriented, or opinion-driven, can help to broaden your perspective and shine a light on trends about which you may be unaware. So we may find some of the stuff on social media uh, that's you know longer than just a tweet, maybe an actual article that we go and read from somebody who is actually, um, you know, somebody who's credible and not uh, just some Joe Blow off the street who's making uh, these investment uh, recommendations. Participating in online chat rooms filled with like-minded individuals is another great way to generate investment ideas and keep abreast of the market. Not even the most sophisticated investor can keep tabs on all the activity occurring in the stock market. Chat rooms can help to spread the workload among dozens of people who watch individual stocks and relay pertinent information to the group. What does this sound like? This sounds like Wall Street bets, right? It sounds like uh, the Reddit forum that got the whole meme stock craze going. And I've told you guys before, there are some individuals within uh, that whole Wall Street bets community that actually did the research, actually did the homework, and knew that if they uh, invested in this certain way and did these certain things and uh, went after these certain stocks, that they could make a big difference. They knew they could. But there was a vast majority of individuals uh, who were just jumping in in order to try to get the bump in price, okay? So there may have been some very good research and homework done there. I would say, uh, you know, undeniably, there was some very good research and homework done there. Okay, but it was because these individuals uh, really uh, banded together and got a lot of information from one another. But when I'm talking about reading as well, you need to also read uh, some historical investment books that are really going to help you. Security Analysis, uh, The Intelligent Investor, uh, One Up on Wall Street, like all these really good uh, investing books if you're going to pick individual companies or 
uh, individual investments because otherwise uh, you are going to probably go about it the wrong way or think about it the wrong way over the long term. You need to have some basis by which you make your decisions and not just, oh, I like this company or I think they're going to grow or whatever. You need to know how to do the analysis, know how to do your homework, and then go about doing it uh, in a way that is going to make you money in uh, a reliable way over a long period of time. Then another way that we can go about uh, getting good investment ideas is just look around. Okay, look around you. Look at the things that you purchase. Okay, uh, I've done this many times. Sometimes you just have to sit around uh, and look around where you live and just say, okay, uh, you know, what type of car do I drive? What type of uh, you know toothbrush do I use? What type of uh, hair care products do you use? What type of clothes do you buy? What type of uh, appliances do you own? What this and that and this and that. All these different uh, things. What type of electronics do I own? What uh, different softwares am I using? All of these things. Right, and then you can go and find that most of these things that you purchased, right, they have some basis in a publicly traded company, and then you can start doing the research on those individual publicly traded companies. I'm not saying just go and buy anything just based on the fact that uh, you own some products, right? I'm not saying to go out and invest in Apple just because you have an iPhone or invest in Netflix just because you have a subscription, right? What I'm saying is that may be a good place to start. All right. It may be a good place to start that, okay, I have a Netflix subscription. Uh, let me do some research on Netflix because I like Netflix. Let's maybe let's look at Disney stock because I have a subscription to Disney plus, or, uh, you know, let's look at Apple stock because I own an iPhone or let's look at Johnson and Johnson stock because, uh, that's the type of, uh, medication that, uh, you'll take or whatever, right? Uh, you have to just look around and then you can start doing your research, but looking around is one of the easiest and yet, uh, one of the most overlooked ways that you can get investment ideas because you have to understand that the way that companies make money is by you buying their products, right? Or you using their services. And if you're actively using all these company services, well, it's going to be very, very likely that you're going to be able to find some winners just based on whatever you use. Okay. And if you can go and you can do that and have a critical eye towards the financials of the company and the fundamental analysis uh, that you can do, then by all means, you should do it. Now, this isn't to say that all these companies will be adequate, good investments to make, right? There may be things that you love to use that the company's just not a great company. That can totally be the case. Okay. But it's a good place to start to just look around, see what you use, and then start making some decisions from there. Okay. Ultimately, here's the bottom line for me. The bottom line is, Social media can totally play a part in your investment decision making. I, I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem with scrolling through social media and finding uh, good, credible articles and reading those articles uh, and learning more. I, ha I have no problem with that, right? I don't have any problem with people, you know, posting old clips of Warren Buffett and of Peter Lynch and of John Bogle and people who have uh, some of the best investment minds in the world. I have no problem with that. And you sitting and learning from that and listening to that and that helping you to spark some investment ideas. I have no problem with that, okay? The problem arises when you take advice from unvetted, uh, unreliable individuals, okay, who are online trying to give specific investment advice, that's where the problem arises, okay? You need to have a critical eye towards anything you read on social media because you can always assume that there's some type of slant, okay? If you're hearing it from the mouth of somebody who is unvetted and not necessarily reliable in your own eyes, then you can assume that there's some type of slant to the recommendation. There's some type of reason they make the recommendation in the way that they do, okay? There's an individual, I'm not gonna name this individual, I see them online all the time uh, and they make a lot of content, right? And they post a lot of things. And uh, the investment strategy 
shall I say, that they push and the ideologies that they push investment-wise are just way off, right? They they don't make sense. But there are so many people who followed this individual. There's so many people uh, who listen to this individual and try to do things the way that this person does. Now, uh, I'm you know thinking of one person. There's a ton of people who do things in this way. They make a lot of bad recommendations uh, to the everyday individual, okay? And I think that it's perfectly within their right to make whatever recommendation they think is necessary and sell whatever they're trying to sell or whatever, okay? It's perfectly within their right to do so. But it is not uh, your responsibility to just say, okay, I'll buy it, uh, just based on the fact that they seem like they know what they're talking about or they seem like they know what's going on. You have to do your research. You have to understand what's going on because if you don't, eventually you will get duped. Eventually you will lose substantial amounts of money. Eventually you'll look at your investment returns and go, I'm not even close to keeping up with the S&P 500. Or you'll look at your um, you know, fees on your investments and you'll go, uh, I'm paying way more fees than I would if I just owned an index fund, right? Uh, you don't want to have regrets investing wise and social media can create regrets. Social media can uh, make it to where your investment life is uh, highly regrettable and it can get you out of investments altogether if you make enough bad decisions, okay? But ultimately, the decision is yours, okay? And ultimately, you have to be uh, disciplined enough, you have to be thoughtful enough, and you have to do the work, do the research in order to understand individual investments. And if you don't wanna do that research, then by all means, buy index funds, buy low-cost mutual funds, buy things that are gonna track like the S&P 500 or whatever else, right? Uh, and be able to make some consistent returns over time. Because regardless, you have to grow your money. You have to be in the market. You have to be invested. Uh, or else over the long term, the value of your money is just going to go down, 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 down. Okay. So use social media for what it's worth, uh, but don't use it to the point where you believe that everything on it's true and that that's the only way to get ahead financially is by listening to some of these quote unquote gurus that are out there. And I know that that uh, may seem counterintuitive because I may be uh, one of these gurus that you're talking about, but I'm not making individual investment advice, nor will I ever. I'm just going to try to help you uh, walk through your financial life as I've tried to do for a little over a year now, and I'll continue doing uh, into the distant future. So thanks for watching this episode. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and then ultimately pushing you towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual watching or listening to the show on a day-to-day -day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.